Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres documentary looks at one of the most dangerous fires in the history of the L.A. City Fire Department. It was the first time I ever heard this call during a fire. Eleven firefighters were injured in May of 2020 after a building on Boyd Street exploded, sending a fireball up through a ladder as firefighters were leaving the roof. This documentary is to look back on that specific day we injured a number of our members, severely burned them, and this is all about walking through the experience. It was called the Boyd Street Incident. Fire Chief Kristen Crowley says everyone in the department remembers where they were that day. Filmmaker Robert Mancero says he was blown away by the honesty and rawness of the firefighters when they talked about that day. I think the jaw-dropping moment for me was when they told me the entire incident they were in fire was 42 seconds. And 42 seconds of flame on your body. I just couldn't imagine that ever. The documentary is called Boyd Street and it's a little over an hour. Steve Gregory, KFI News. Well, the U.S. Bureau of Humanitarian Assistance is providing blankets to people in Ukraine. Ambassador Bridget Brink helped deliver 22,000 blankets to a railway in Kiev that will distribute them across the country. She says temperatures are freezing. I think that the aggression needs to stop. I think Russia can stop this tomorrow. Russia can stop the war and pull its troops out, and the war will end. Brink says the U.S. is doing everything it can to provide help to people in Ukraine during the winter months. 
And a man who fell off a cruise ship has been rescued in the Gulf of Mexico. The man was a passenger on the Carnival Valor heading to Cozumel from New Orleans. He was last seen by his sister heading to the restroom from a bar on Wednesday night. She reported him missing yesterday at noon. He was spotted by crew members on another ship later in the day. A Coast Guard helicopter picked him up and took him to New Orleans. SoCat weather from KFI, mostly sunny, upper 50s to mid-60s tomorrow at the beaches, low to upper 60s in metro LA and OC, upper 60s to mid-70s in the inland valleys, and low to upper 60s in the inland empire. Right now it's 70 degrees in San Clemente, 76 in Santa Ana, 70 in Inglewood, and 73 in Sherman Oaks. And now taking a look at KFI traffic, a crash has been cleared on the 91 in Anaheim Hills. Westbound at Lakeview Boulevard, that crash is out of lanes. You're still slow from Imperial Highway. And in Orange, the 22 eastbound connector to the 57, that uh, crash there has the connector partially blocked. It's an overturned car hauler. You're stop and go from the city drive. Let's check in now with the KFI in the sky, Mike O'Brien, who's taking a look at commerce. And there's definitely some commerce taking place there today, Mike. Plenty of it, that's for sure. It's just a miserable spot here, unless you really got a shot today. The northbound side of the five, you're jammed from Downey up to Atlantic to the Citadel shops here in Commerce. South five, same kind of stuff from Boyle Heights, East LA Interchange down through Atlantic. But that's where the fun really begins because you've got single file lines for like miles here trying to get into the parking lot, which is already full. So I, I think even after you exit the freeway, you're looking at about an hour delay just to get a parking spot. So I would avoid it. Mike O'Brien, KFI in the sky. KFI in the Sky helps get you there faster. I'm Dave Joseph. On the podcast, Rewives with Bethany Frankel. Join Bethany along with unexpected thought leaders and her celebrity friends to rehash, revisit, and rewatch the most iconic episodes of The Housewives from all your favorite cities. This season, I sit down with Elizabeth Moss, Kevin Nealon, Susie Orman, Griffin Johnson, and more. You'd think that there isn't much to learn from flipping tables and yanking wigs, but that's where you're wrong. Listen to Rewives with Bethany Frankel on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, there's a better way to fly. You're probably fed up with being stuck in endless lines and packed planes. Try simplifying your travel with Surf Air. As a Surf Air member, you'll save an average of two hours on every flight and completely avoid busy airports. You can choose from thousands of aircraft and arrive at smaller airports closer to your home, all while flying on your own schedule. Surfair.com, the best alternative to commercial air travel. There's a better way to fly. Surfair.com. We conquer cancer. For the mom-to-be who is out of treatment options. For the doctor who has a brilliant idea but needs research funding. For the people who faced cancer head-on and climbed incredible heights while they were with us. For the children who celebrate the end of chemo. We conquer cancer for all who have been touched by it. Conquer Cancer accelerates breakthroughs in research and care for every cancer, every patient, everywhere. Join us at conquer.org. What's better than having your favorite radio stations, music, and podcasts on demand? Having it all for free. Download the free iHeartRadio app for all your music, radio, and podcasts. It's a great carbine experience, and they'll treat you like a rock star. Go see my friends at Hammer Toyota. K-F-I. More stimulating talk. An iHeartRadio station. Hey, it's John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. I'm Chris Merrill in for John and Ken uh, this afternoon. They'll be back on Monday. Uh, Black Friday today, and then it's uh, Small Business Saturday. Is it uh, 
we got to Cyber Monday, and then is it Giving Tuesday? Is that the deal? Is there something on Sunday, Brian? Do you know is Sunday does, has Sunday picked up some name yet? I haven't heard anything about yeah. Sunday having a specific name. Cyber we Monday. Always, we, yeah, we try to throw all these other goofy names out there. Um, Small Business Saturday always excites me. I, I grew up, as I mentioned earlier in the program, for those that have been listening the whole time, uh, I, and I know not too many of you, I grew up in a small town. Uh, my folks owned uh, a retail business in this very small town. It was an electrical uh, uh, not an electronics, but an electrical store. My father uh, has been an electrician his entire life. Owned a store in the 80s and um, the beginning of the 1990s. And, uh, I, and I, I recall it was a it was one of these one-stop light towns I grew up in with that classic Main Street and just a few spatterings of businesses that were off the Main Street. And Pops had a store that was on Main Street. And, uh, and I recall that my folks used to take that I don't even think they called it a small business Saturday at the time, but they would uh, take time off on that Saturday because, let's face it, not a lot of people were doing their Christmas shopping at the electrical store. Nobody was like, you know what my wife would really like? 200 feet of Romex wire. That's what she needs this year. Yes. Yeah, they might sell some things like... um, chandeliers or something if somebody was doing something or some you know some sconces things like that uh, but not a lot of conduit being sold uh, on those days so my mom and pops would take that saturday morning and they would go up and down the main street of my my hometown and they would patronize the other businesses in town and uh, that's where they did an awful lot of their christmas shopping it's just one of those things uh, i recall growing up that um you know, they would come home on Saturday afternoon from working. My brother and I were old enough, I guess, either or we had a babysitter or something. And I just remember them coming home and driving into the driveway and saying, uh, stay inside. Well, why? Just stay inside. And that was because uh, mom and pops were unloading the car. You know, they they purchased some some things the local stores and we didn't have a lot of stuff there was a little sporting goods store and there was a a clothing store and kind of a five and dime type place and that sort of thing but we were kids so we didn't need expensive stuff we always wanted expensive stuff but we didn't have it uh and so that was always a a real special memory for me so there's a there's a little nostalgic place in my heart when it comes to the small business saturday i just i love that uh, and I love patronizing those small business owners, and I and I and I'm so excited that there is kind of this national movement to support those. When Black Friday was for a long time becoming such a big holiday for the box stores and the malls, uh, it, it was exciting to me to see uh, an emphasis put on you know your local shopping outlets. I always like that. Uh, however, I'll admit I also love shopping online. In fact, during the break. I did Christmas shopping for my wife online. You know, Brian was working hard and I was out there going, Oh, I think my wife would like that. Yeah. I was doing it. The problem with shopping online is if I shop on Amazon, all she has to do is go to the order history and find out what her Christmas present is. Well, that ruins all the fun. Doesn't it? That's a booger. Yeah. You get caught concern- that way. What's that? You get caught that way. I do get caught that way. I do. Um, but eh, whatever. If if she wants to ruin her her Christmas surprise, fine. That's on her. But if I find out that she did that, I'm sending it all back. That's what I'm doing. The concern I always have when I do the online shopping, however, is is it going to get to my house? And I'm not talking about delays. 
I'm not talking about you know, shipping delays or whatever else. I'm always worried about the the porch pirates. And I was looking at the the stats that came out, and I guess we're one of the worst places in the country for porch pirates, package thefts. So if you're unfamiliar, it's people that steal your crap off the uh, off your your porch or your deck or your entry or whatever else it is. Um, when you do online shopping, you've probably all seen the videos of people sneaking up. They get caught on the the video, the door cams, right? They get caught on those those cameras now, and it's like, aha, I got you. The trouble is, is it clear enough evidence for the authorities to track that person down? I ran into that twice when I was living in Phoenix. My car got broken into in my driveway, and my son's car got broken into uh, right in front of the house. He was he was parked on the street, but it was only uh, I don't know twenty yards from the front door, and in both cases, I had video footage that I gave to the police, and it wasn't clear enough for them to be able to do anything with it. So that was a real downer. Uh, cities where porch pirates strike the least. Uh, San Diego is on the on the uh, the list. San Diego for the the least. It's one of the safest. Miami, by the way, they say is the the safest city for uh, porch pirates. Which surprises me, because I know Miami has some crime, uh, a decent amount, and so I was a little surprised to see that Miami-Fort Lauderdale is number one for the least likely to have your your crap stolen off your front door. Tampa is number two. Uh, So that surprised me. The only California city in that uh, list is San Diego. As far as 10 metro areas with the most package theft, we're number six, Los Angeles is, and it's the metro area. So the entire uh, Los Angeles metro, Southern California minus San Diego, I guess. Uh, number one is a California city. It's San Francisco, the whole Bay Area, San Francisco, Oakland, the metro areas with the most package theft. Uh, that's problematic, my friend. Security company SafeWise and Vivint spoke with thousands of Americans over the past five years and used Google Trends and FBI theft numbers to help compile this newest theft report and rank cities. Across the country in the past 12 months, around 260 million packages were stolen by so-called porch pirates. The other thing that bugs me is um, uh, I, had, uh, I had relatives that had this happen. Somebody stole their stuff. In this case, uh, it was out of a mailbox. They took it out of the mailbox, and you know what they, you know what the the porch pirates got? It was like Centrum silver that they stole. <laughs> you know, the porch pirates they steal that stuff off the off the the deck or the mailbox or the the porch, whatever else it is, the front steps, whatever. Uh, and they don't know what's in those boxes. They're just assuming it's something that they want. And then if it's not, they throw it away. No, they stole the Centrum silver. Or, uh, oh, it did happen to my folks one time, took my mom's medication, but it was it was one of those medications that she needed, but it's not something that you could, you know, flip on the black market or something, you know? Uh, it wasn't a painkiller. It wasn't it wasn't anything you could get high from. It was like eloquist, like a blood thinner or something. Well, that stuff's expensive, and they, they ganked it from, from my mother. And it just, it, the, the, they, they open up the package like, I got something. And they open it up. What's in there? Nothing they can use. That's 50 million more packages that were swiped compared to the last year. The wow. study also shows that more than half of the victims have had multiple packages stolen in the past year. Now that's frustrating. Somebody steals your stuff and you think, oh my gosh, I've been robbed. And then they continue to order things online and they get robbed again. But as I mentioned, if it's somebody who's got a mailbox out front, you know, maybe they don't have a mail slot, maybe they just got a mailbox, 
Uh, it's not like you can tell the, the post office stop delivering. I guess you could, but not really. And 40% of those packages were valued between $50 and $100, an estimated loss of around $19.5 billion. Wow. Wow. I guess this comes back to the point I made earlier, is that maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't be shopping online so much. Maybe I should just be looking for those small business opportunities. Maybe that's the solution. Uh, there is a group of people that don't seem to mind if their stuff gets stolen because they've been ganking it from you all along. I'll tell you who has is, who is, uh, been taking an awful lot out of your pocket uh, and putting it in their own. And it's completely legal. The governor has something to say about it. That is next. I'm Chris Merrill, in for John and Ken at KFI AM 640. Uh, Brian Berman has news. Well, the U.S. and England ended their match at the World Cup in a draw, 0-0. Winterfest has kicked off at the Orange County Fairgrounds with uh, skiing, or not skiing, skating, and uh, snow rides for kids. And law enforcement is out in higher numbers at shopping centers statewide for Black Friday. Now, taking a look at KFI traffic, we've got a crash on the 15 in Lake Elsinore. It's southbound before Central Avenue. This crash involves four cars. It's blocking the left lane, and traffic is now jammed from Lake Street. We've got big traffic troubles through industry right now. We get the very latest from the KFI in the sky, Mike O'Brien. Mike? John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640. It's more stimulating talk. Tomorrow, uh, Small Business Saturday, as I've been mentioning how much I like the Small Business Saturday stuff, uh, Mo Kelly is doing a show, a Small Business Saturday show, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. So if you want to uh, submit your small business for a shout-out on Mo's show, you can do that until 9 o'clock tonight. Just go to kfiam640.com slash small. Again, kfiam640.com slash small. And then that'll take you to the page, and you can fill out the form, and you can be included in that uh, in that shout-out. No shout out. Mm, what do we have? Oh, I know. As we talk about the the uh, the, the shopping season, uh, be careful of scams too. Um, during that last segment, my phone was silenced, and all of a sudden, I saw that I had an alert come up, and it was somebody. Uh, it, it was a number that was from the Torrance area, and it said. Uh, you're eligible for up to 50% savings on your Xfinity Comcast account. I don't have an Xfinity Comcast account. So, uh, scammy. So, be cautious of the the scammy stuff. I always worry about my folks. And when I was younger, I never really understood this. And it's still a little bit uh, baffling to me uh, that uh, people who grew up being aware of all the different scammers that are out there, as they get older... Uh, we know scammers like to target uh, older individuals. Our, our senior community seems to be the most vulnerable uh, for two reasons. First, they have they have assets, uh, which means that they are, you know, ripe for the picking. And then two, oftentimes they have uh, difficulty uh, in the world around them uh, navigating what is and is not legitimate. And it always sort of bothered me uh, as I was a little younger, and I'm sort of in the middle ages now. I'm 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 44. Uh, it always bothered me, I guess, in my 20s and early 30s when I saw older people being targeted, and I thought, why are they falling for it? They grew I mean, they grew up knowing that scammers were out there. Uh, it's not like the Internet is that new any longer. I mean, I almost understood it a little bit when, when people were being scammed uh, in the mid-90s uh, online through email or whatever else because it, it seemed like, okay, well, they're, you know, it's new and they're not accustomed to such a thing. But as I've watched my folks get older, 
it's sometimes the 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 cognitive abilities decline. And my folks are pretty pretty with it, but it, 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 they so much rely on so many other people. There's so much coming at them. My goodness, my my pops and I we we talk a few times a week. Uh, he's he's getting a little bit older, and he says, "Well, it's time for it's time to re up our Medicare." Uh, uh, stuff, which just, it, it, it confuses me, right? Thank goodness I don't have to deal with it. He's like, well, I got I to gotta figure out what the best plan is, the Advantage plan, the A, B, the C, the Medicare D, the E, the I, I have no idea. I don't have a clue. Pops is still with it. He does a lot of research on this stuff. He loves researching things. He likes spreadsheets. They keep him sane, I guess. But there's a lot, and it's confusing. And then I see these ads that come out to some of the, the older individuals in our communities that are saying, uh, you know, just call us now and we'll take care of all of it for you. And they see these ads that are running on Fox News or they're running on, uh, they're running on you know, C-SPAN or whatever else it is that's, that's running these, these ads targeting some of the, uh, the older people in our community. And some of these places are legit, I suppose. But so many of them just seem really scummy to me. Oftentimes, you recall when you were growing up and you were sick and you stayed home from school and you watched daytime TV and you saw commercials you hadn't ever seen before and they always looked a little shady. That's how all these commercials look like when they're, when they're, when they're telling you, call us and we'll help you take care of all of your Medicare problems. And I'm just imagining somebody sitting at home who maybe has lost a spouse recently or is, has, uh, you know, maybe their spouse is incapacitated, dementia set in or whatever else it might be. And they're feeling overwhelmed and they go, this place says that they're going to give me free advice and help me figure this out. That sounds good to me. So when somebody calls and says, hey, we got a good deal for you, I think they're more open. It's not that they're, it's not that they're willingly susceptible. It's that they're more open to suggestion because Life gets overwhelming as you get older, and I feel bad. I do. I feel bad. I feel horrible about that. But let's face it. We get scammed right now, those of us that are not in the, in the older communities. We're getting scammed. I feel like it's a scam every time I fill up my gas tank. I do. I feel like it's a total scam every time. And it's the worst here in California. I know gas prices are coming down. They're almost... Almost. I was seeing a report in one place. I think the lowest I saw on, on the report today was $5.04. So we're getting close to that $5 mark. But the rest of the country is seeing gas prices below $3. Or the national average, I think, is like two ninety nine. And every time I go fill up, I, I just scratch my head. And I know it's not just the taxes. I'm so tired of hearing it's because of the California taxes. Pennsylvania's taxes are higher than California's gas taxes. But their gas prices are not as high. It's so frustrating. Well, you know, it's because we got the winter blend and we got the, the we got the, the summer blend and we've got the you know there's the environmental controls that are put on there. Well, we've got our own uh, our own refineries here. I get so tired of all that garbage. Meanwhile, you hear about the oil companies and they we're paying astronomical amounts at the pump and they're making astronomical amounts in profit. It'd be one thing if it was the cost at the pump and the cost of doing business was going up, but the margins were staying the same. Then we would understand it a little better, right? If, if, the, if the oil companies are making $500 million a quarter and gas prices go up at the pump and the next quarter their numbers come out and they're still making $500 million, we would say, well, that makes sense. It's commensurate, right? It's not like they're making more money off of it. And yet what we are seeing is that we are paying more at the pump, and they're making even more in profit. They're clearing higher margins. I feel like we're getting scammed when that happens. Well, 
Governor Batman is going to do something about this. I, I, I always thought uh, Gavin Newsom looked like uh, a real-life Bruce Wayne. I don't mean it as, a, as something derogatory. It's just kind of a fun nickname I gave him. Uh, he always looked like Bruce Wayne to me. <laughs> just always. Slick back hair. Always has, always got his cuffs looking right. So Governor Batman says that he is going to put a stop to this. Okay. I always love when politicians promise they're going to fix the broken system. Uh, hold on. Once the Thanksgiving holiday is over, California lawmakers will make a rare December return to Sacramento. Oh, good. Governor Newsom called a special session to discuss a special tax on oil industry profits. He blames high gas prices on what he calls manipulation and price gouging by oil companies. The special session will begin a week from Monday. Okay, I don't disagree. I think maybe there is some of that going on. I do. And whenever I bring this up, I always end up with somebody sending me a nasty message. You don't understand supply and demand. I do. I do understand supply and demand. <laughs> so if we're following only supply and demand, then why aren't these oil companies making $10 billion a quarter every quarter? Because if the demand is there and they control supply, they control their own profit margin, correct? The demand is there. If they want to make $10 billion a quarter every quarter, they can because demand is there. And until demand drops off, they can charge whatever they want. So I do understand supply and demand. I get it. I always have people get mad at me about that. You don't understand how it works. You want to blame politicians for that. Oh, this is because Keystone Pipeline. Oh, baloney. Baloney. The, the deal, however, is I'm very skeptical when Gavin Newsom says he's going to call in the special session and they're going to they're going to find out what's going on. Does anybody believe that the assembly or the Senate is going to be able to put a stop to all oil companies making too much money? Thank you very much. Hundred percent correct. I do not believe this. It is 100% political grandstanding. In the same way that we can't seem to stop politicians from grandstanding when they see somebody else doing something wrong, they're not going to be able to fix it. So when I say I feel bad for seniors being scammed, I guess I kind of have to take a look in the mirror and go, you know what? I'm kind of a sucker myself. All right, we'll talk voter turnout here in just a few moments. It's the biggest issue facing some Americans especially those running for election. It's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. The, uh, we'll talk a little bit of politics. I don't like to get too much into politics because, frankly, <laughs> yeah, I, I, the politics just burn me out, man. And, frankly, it's easy to talk about politics, but I feel brain dead after I do. I do. But I know it's titillating. I know how exciting that can be to talk politics. But I thought I'd talk a little bit more about uh, the voter turnout and how important voter turnout is. Uh, and this comes because I, I saw the, the headline in the Times today. LA Times had uh, something about uh, Karen Bass drew more votes than any mayor candidate in LA history. And it's a big deal. Um, and it's kind of sad. And it's sad for this reason. No, I'm not sad that she got a lot of votes. You know, if you voted for her, great. And if you didn't, then, you know, sorry. Uh, whatever. Um but it's sad because it's it's actually the they say it's the record number of Los Angeles voters uh, casting ballots for mayor. The previous record uh, was back in 1969. 
a racially polarizing race in 69 when the white incumbent Sam Yorty defeated black challenger Councilman Tom Bradley. However, the L.A. Times puts this in perspective, and I'm so glad they did. L.A.'s population, uh, with L.A.'s population a full 1 million under the 3.8 million it is today, which is a little confusing. It's a confusing way of saying we have a million more people today than we did uh, in 1969. The total number of registered voters was only half of the 1.2 million of today, which is a confusing way of saying we have 2.2 million, and back then we had 1.2 million. Did I misspeak? We have only half of the registered voters, only half of the 2.2 million today. Did I say that correctly? Um, But here's what I think is the sad part. The 1969 race that had been the previous high uh, number of votes for any one candidate in in, a mayoral election had a 76% turnout. 76%. Their turnout for uh, the the Bass-Caruso matchup, they say, is about 45%. That's it. That's it. To me, that's really sad. Um. Some of this is because we had elections for uh, officials, elected officials on the county level in the off years. Uh, Not in the midterm years like it is this year, but I mean in the off years, odd-numbered years. Sometimes uh, they like to do that so that the local elections are focused only on the local issues. Uh, The problem, however, is voter turnout is so so far removed from that. So what you end up with is an energized group of uh, civic-minded individuals who vote, but your general electorate may blow it off. They're just not interested. It's not on their radar. They see signs in a yard and go, oh, I guess there's an election coming up. But they're not plugged in like you are because you're listening to KFI. That was something that was tough for me to to recognize uh, until I stepped away from uh, radio for a, a little while. And when I did... Uh, I found myself, um, and I intentionally, when I took a break from radio, I I intentionally sort of uh, detoxed from news just to sort of get a perspective of those that aren't reading six newspapers a day and watching all the different newscasts every day and all this other stuff. Uh, And what I found was it was really easy to be out of the loop on a lot of stuff. I found that I was getting a lot of news updates from... uh, Nighttime talk shows, Saturday Night Live. Uh, and I knew then, one, that's woefully underly, uh, under-informed. And two, it is, uh, uh, it, is news with, it is news in the form of opinion, right? So I had to sort of, uh, once I said, okay, I'm done detoxing, uh, it gave me a different perspective, and that was great. What I'm finding, though, is that when when the elections are in the odd-numbered years, again, you have those activated, civic-minded individuals who tend to vote more Republican. They tend to be a little bit older, and they tend to be more conservative. But your voter turnout is way down. So the idea is let's bring this to the even-numbered years so that we have more people engaging in the system itself, which is also good for the Democrats because it brings in uh, people who might not be as activated during those odd-numbered years. What to me is really sad is that in 1969, so many people were engaged that you had 76% turnout. That's huge. Huge. And that was in an odd-numbered year, too, back in 69. Now, that was also uh, kind of the height uh, or near the height of uh, the 
sort of a, a political divide in the United States. You had the Vietnam War going on. You had uh, the, the women's liberation uh, movement that was that was moving through. You had civil rights uh, actions that were going on all at the same time. You had riots happening. Right. So there was an awful lot that went into that back in 1969. But right now, only 45 percent of people even bothered. To me, that's really sad. Talk with a political expert. Uh, it was a, a, a political scientist who was also a campaign manager uh, during the run-up to the midterms. I was doing a show on another station when I was filling in. And I thought it was really interesting when they made the point, and they said, the key, and politicians know this, the key is not to convert people to their viewpoint. When, when you have politicians talking about what they believe, they're not actually trying to bring people over. This is why politicians have given up on trying to unify. Unifying is a dead message. Nobody wants, unifying sounds good, but you're not going to bring people over, which is too bad. This is how we end up with more extreme candidates. Because what the extreme candidates have figured out is, double down. It used to be so the, the the Nixonian plan. It used to be you ran, if you were a Republican, you'd run to the right in the primaries, and then you'd come to the center during the uh, during the general election. The Democrats would run to the left during the primaries and come to the center during the general election. Not so much anymore. What we're seeing is a doubling down on the far right and the far left. And the reason is what those people have figured out is that voting is all about voter turnout. It's all about engagement. You're not changing very many votes. The most important aspect during elections is getting people in your camp to show up. Showing up is the entire battle. Attendance is key. That's it. That's the big secret. So it's not about saying, well, you know what? I want to make sure that I'm going to be a legislator that represents everyone. They'll say that. But the truth is, If you can activate the base, they call it, that's how people are winning elections now. Karen Bass activated the base. And that's why she has the most votes of any mayoral candidate in history, even though turnout was only at 45%. We, as a society, should be doing better. We should be showing up. (laughs) Showing up is... The whole battle, friends. Part of what the the political parties are doing right now, because showing up is the whole battle, is also trying to figure out what's the best time to have an election. Well, when it comes to the primaries, the parties themselves dictate all of that. We'll tell you what the debate is now and where California might fall in the new nomination calendar Next, it's Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Chris Merrill in for John and Ken. The 12th annual KFI Pastathon is here. Chef Bruno's charity, Katarina's Club, providing more than 25,000 meals every single week to kids in need in Southern California. And how do they do that? Through your generosity. You can help. You can donate at pastathon.com. You can also shop at any Smart and Final store in California, Arizona, or Nevada, and then donate at checkout. In fact, uh, Neil Saavedra is going to be there at the Smart and Final in Lake Forest on El Toro Road uh, tomorrow, live with the Fork Report from 2 to 5. So pop in, say hi, and then uh, head on into the store and make a little donation. 
You can also go to any Wendy's restaurant in Southern California and donate. And how great is it that Wendy's has partnered with us this year? It is truly outstanding. 100% of your donation goes to Katarina's Club. Uh, find out more details, pastathon.com. Again, pastathon.com. And I think, I guess I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would be shocked to find out that anybody else is doing this. I believe that the, the Pastathon is the biggest uh, local radio station charity in America. I believe that to be the case. I can't, I, I don't think that there's another, uh, uh, there might be like a national thing going on with somebody, but I don't think on a local level, I think this is the biggest deal in the country uh, as far as, you know, reaching out at charitable events, especially end of the season. I think this is it. I think this is the big one uh, nationwide. So that's because of you. And thank you so much. It shows uh, there's so much, as much as we hear all bad news all year long, my goodness, you're just creating your own good news. And that's fantastic. I love you for it. You're a good person. You truly are. I, I was talking politics here in the last segment and, um, I don't, I don't love to talk politics uh, because it tends to be very divisive and I don't like to be too divisive. Uh, so I like to be a little more analytical. We were talking about the different numbers and how voter turnout this time around. Karen Bass had the, the highest number of votes for any candidate uh, for mayor in L.A. history. And uh, the, the runner-up was back in 1969 when voter turnout was at 76%. Population was far lower than it was. The number of registered voters were about half of what it was now. And the, uh, the 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 voter turnout seventy six percent crazy. That's really high. It's astounding. Voter turnout this time around was forty five percent. Fewer than half the registered voters in uh, in L A. anyway uh, showed up. I always feel like local elections are the big ones. The national elections get all the attention because we we tend to all be able to relate to he's you've got one president for 330 million people. So we all know who that president is. But the truth is, the local elections are the ones that affect us uh, most directly. But we don't we don't pay so much attention to it. Media gives the attention to the big one that we can all relate to because more people will watch. That's how media works. Uh, This story affects the most people. It is the one that we will carry. That's how it works. But the local elections are the ones that affect you. Voter turnout being only 45%, I think we can do better. I think we should be doing better. We didn't have somebody call and say, well, that's, uh, you know, the voter rolls need to be cleaned up. People that have moved away, those that have deceased may still be on those voter rolls. And that may throw that percentage off a little bit. It could be where we're showing that we have a number of registered voters who are uh, still on the rolls, but they're deceased. So it's showing that only 45% showed up when that number should be closer to 50% or maybe even 55%. Maybe. But if we're comparing 2022 to 1969, that's a 31% difference. Our voter rolls aren't that bad. We're at 31% off on the voter rolls. Um, But it it is a good point. The, The numbers may be a little bit skewed because the voting rolls need to be cleaned up just a little bit. True. So I'll give him credit on that. The the key to elections is getting people to show up. And I, I made mention of this in the last segment. You can grab the podcast after the show if you want. Uh, and you'll hear what I had to say about this. Talking to a political analyst, it's not about changing people's minds. It's not about bringing them over. It's about activating the base. And if the base is riled up, if the base is interested, if the base is energized, they show up to the, the polls. But that's how you win elections. This is what the politicians are finding now, which is why we're not seeing so many politicians coming back to center during general elections. They're sticking to their guns, far right or far left, because what they're trying to do is energize the base. 
One of the problems, one of the downsides to that is that when you energize your base, you also energize your opponent's base. We saw this play out in Arizona. I was doing some work uh, in Arizona. In fact, my wife's in Phoenix right now. I was doing some work in Arizona uh, around election time for one of the stations there. And you probably are familiar with Carrie Lake. She's the She was the candidate who was the, the Trump-supported candidate in Arizona. You may not even know who beat her for governor in Arizona. It's a woman by the name of uh, Katie Hobbs. She was the Secretary of State. The reason you may not know Katie Hobbs' name is because she's not an engaging individual. She's smart, but she's not a firebrand. Carrie Lake was a firebrand. Look at her on the national stage. Joe Biden is not somebody that gets people excited. Even Democrats say, Joe Biden doesn't excite me. But they saw a steady hand. They liked that in Joe Biden. And they saw somebody that the Democrats could get behind. But Democrats didn't come out and vote for Joe Biden. Americans didn't come out and vote for Joe Biden. Donald Trump got people to the polls in 2020. Carrie Lake got people to the polls in 2022 in Arizona. It's so important when you energize your own base that you be careful not to energize your opponent's base too much. Democrats right now are trying to figure out how they're going to figure out the 2024 um, election calendar. For the longest time, we always looked at the Iowa caucuses. The Iowa caucuses, that's the big one. And then from Iowa, then we'd have what New Hampshire was the next week, and then we'd get Nevada, uh, and then I believe South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, and then we'd end up with some Super Tuesday deal. Washington Post running an article today, uh, New Hampshire's Republican governor considers Nevada's bid to become the first in the nation presidential primary state a joke. Nevada's top Democratic operative is warning against a big state like Michigan jumping to the front of the line. And South Carolina kingmaker James Claiborne, Democrat, has signaled support for replacing Iowa. So you've got a number of states that want to be the first in the nation to hold their primaries or caucuses. And you have politicians that are saying, not a chance. Stick with this. Stick with that. Uh, Washington Post poses the question, will Nevada or New Hampshire be blessed with a first place primary spot? Will Michigan or Minnesota, fresh from huge Democratic election wins, be selected as the Midwestern replacement for the disfavored Iowa caucuses? And will a fifth state be added to the pre-Super Tuesday window? Why is this important? Why not just have California go first? It's a reasonable question. The logic is I see it. You don't have California go first because you you don't want to end the race before it starts. If, if you have California as the first state in especially Democratic primary, whoever wins California, say it. Done. That's it. That's your winner. There's no point in having all the other primaries. Let's also remember that the political parties are a money machine. If they can keep the drama up, then the donations continue to roll in. Iowa doesn't excite people. The caucuses are wildly inaccurate. And they end up being more like a a straw poll, really. They would, I think both parties, like to have somebody a little more pivotal be their first primary state. And the states want that position because the money rolls in like mad for the first state. Every candidate out there spending money and every candidate trying to build momentum. The first state gets 100% of the early dollars. That's it. It's huge. 
Candidates are spending money in Iowa right now, and then they spend money in New Hampshire before they make their buy for South Carolina or Florida. Because they got to see if they have enough momentum to even spend the money in South Carolina and Florida. And if they can build some momentum in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, then more money starts to roll in for them. It's all about the dollars. You may be frustrated with the, uh, the political status in America, and you may say that it's all about money. You're right. It is. It's all about money. Speaking of money, how much are you going to make in the next two weeks? Do you know? For some people, they have no idea what that schedule is going to look like. L.A. County's trying to change that. It's next. Chris Merrill in for John and Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com.